Hi there, and thank you for listening to another episode of Call Me By Your Game. Before we get started today, I'm going to give you our usual weekly list of a few action items in order to support black lives and now many other causes in the U.S. Uh, So first things first is there is a great supporting Black Lives email list that you can find in the show notes as with everything else I'm going to be talking about today. And it's a list compiled by my good friend Paul Viganalan that lists action items, petitions, places to donate, just a whole treasure trove really of ways that you can help uh, support Black Lives and I will say, if you're intimidated by getting started and you want to help but you don't know how, this is a great place to start. Start by signing and reading about one petition and then do more and more each day, and it gets a lot easier. Second, I always want to list a uh, fundraiser or a place to donate specifically. We've been promoting the Okra Project here, and that is a fundraiser that helps bring black trans people healthy, nutritious, and culturally specific meals, especially those experiencing food insecurity. Um, It takes about $90 to uh, provide uh, one home-cooked meal uh, from the Okra Project, from a professional chef going to someone's home to do this. So um, if you can donate that much, that's great. But if you can only donate something like $5, that's better than nothing. Um, Also, as you've probably seen, uh, there's an attack on the USPS in the United States, uh, you know, coming from our president and then, uh, you know, head of the USPS, uh, Louis DeJoy, who is a right wing conservative, has also um, done what they can to undermine it. Also, by this time, um, you may have seen that the uh, rollbacks and the, uh, I guess, defunding, if you will, of the USPS that has happened has actually been paused for the moment. So the outcry has gotten their attention. However, it's only paused. And the only reason that there was a pause was because people spoke up and people took action. And it's going to take that to continue fighting for it. So um, obviously super important for people who you know rely on the mail to get prescriptions, to get paychecks, to vote which is obviously a huge thing. So um, a few ways you can support the USPS is you can text USPS to 50409. You can buy stamps, envelopes, cards, uh, or shipping and supplies from the USPS website. You can also call your senators and reps and urge them to help the USPS. Uh, They've already heard this call and they're acting, but we need to keep that pressure up so that they don't you know, stop. Uh, and bonus, uh, right now it's really hot. Um, eviction rates are going up. More and more people are becoming homeless, uh, especially uh, if you're in a hot place in the world. And a lot of times in the United States, there's a lot of uh, people experiencing homelessness. So it might be also intimidating to, you know, how to start helping them. Start by, you know, c- cooling like get a case of water from a grocery store, keep them in your fridge all day, and then deliver that maybe to an area or group of people at a park who you know could use some cold water. And if you happen to be in LA, follow Streetwatch LA on Instagram and Twitter. I'll be sure to include their links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to these action items. I encourage you to check them out. But for now, please go ahead and enjoy a wonderful episode with Beverly Jean talking about Mass Effect. We'll see you later.
Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Uh, This is a podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, talk to someone about a video game that is special to them and why. If you listen to this show before, then you'll know we talk to our guests as much about what made playing the game special and fun for them, but also what was cool about the context of when they played it and fell in love with it for the first time. That's what our show is about. Here's a little housekeeping up top. Um, If you want to learn more about the show and the things we're doing, visit us at callmebyyourgame.com. That's our website. You can email us with questions, concerns, things you enjoy, ideas you have at callmebyyourgamepodcast at gmail.com. And then if you're looking to support the show, I've got three ways for you to do that. Uh, A, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because that helps our visibility, helps more people discover us, and helps us do uh, more of the stuff that we like. You can share the show with a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way, especially to someone who may love the game we're talking about today or one we've done in the past. And then lastly, you can check out our brand new Patreon. That's patreon.com slash super NPC radio. This show, video games, a comedy show inside video games and gaming with July Diaz, uh, have formed a little Patreon where we have, uh, truly too much bonus content. So if you like the show and you want to see what more of we're doing, um, visit that website and also check the feed. We just released the breath of the wild, uh, episode, which is our first Patreon exclusive for this show, but the full episode is on our feed. So check it out. Uh, that ought to do it for the housekeeping. Uh, the fun is about to begin as I introduce our wonderful guest today. We, uh, are graced by, by actor, comedian, storyteller of the one P D and D podcast and video game enjoyer in Los Angeles, Beverly Jean. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, absolutely. Uh, we, you know, sometimes podcast episodes are, are you know, months in the making. I'm, I talk to someone, I'm like, hey, you should come on the show. Sometimes when I like don't have a recording set up and they're like, hey, I'm busy, but someday we're going to do it. This is one of those where we really stuck it out. Yes. I'm saying this like this was like six months in the working. It was like years. A mo- a month. You talked to me about this in <laughs> 2005 and I said, yes. not yet. I'm not ready. Yes, uh, we may have been the first podcasters ever. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I, I know there were podcasts back then because yeah. I used to think I was cool because I could put them on my iPod, but I didn't listen to them. <laughs> no, I was like, yeah. I don't think any, I don't know. I felt like back in the day, podcasts were like an adult thing to do. And I was like, yes. gross, boring. And now it's like the <laughs> most kid thing to do. And adults are like, yeah. uh, I'm busy. Right. Oh, goodness. Um, It's just like such a, you know, such a common form of media now. It's been demystified, you know. Um, Well, that's wonderful. So thank you so much for being here today, Bev. This is going to be really fun. We, um, I just said a little bit about you and we know each other like I know, as I've said before, 95% (laughs) of my guests through the Los Angeles uh, improv community. Um, And, but like, is there any other way you might want to tell people about yourself or or do you want to wait for plugs it's up to you um i have a lot of weird hobbies so Ooh, good. <laughs> there's that i i literally have a rule i'm not allowed to have more anytime someone pitches me on doing something it has to be normal um, oh wow is it because is that because you like to do so many things what is that it's both it's weird hobbies mean you can't do them easily you have to go okay. somewhere special or have some special <laughs> equipment to do them 
like yes. uh, Dodgeball League. Dodgeball mm. League's the normalest ones I've been pitched recently. Someone was trying to get me to play rugby for a while. And I was like, I, I oh, wow. can't. Um, Are you just often being recruited? Yes. Uh, for athletic <laughs> talents? Yes. No, not athletic talents. People just love my personality. And even if I'm terrible, they just want me there. Hey, that's a valuable person on a I team. Agree. Is I agree. Is character, you know. But I'm busy. Maybe you're the, I'm busy. <laughs> you know what? So don't we don't need to add anything else to your uh to your plate. Yeah. Um. So you got a lot of hobbies. Were you ending yeah. the, the list there? Or was was that continuing? Did I interrupt you? That's like pretty much it. <laughs> I just cool. have a lot of hobbies. Hey, you're the first person I think ever to come on the show and <gasps> and say that about themselves. So <laughs> yeah. way to go. That's really cool. Don't recruit me um, to your stuff. <laughs> of course not sorry uh in fact this uh maybe i shouldn't have asked you to no to do this no okay podcasting is what i'm already in so it's fine okay great okay now i see that works i, I don't feel so bad yeah. um so w- the game that we're gonna talk about today in a little bit uh is a game that from from my perspective and view on video games it's been pitched to me since it was come out it's it's viewed as like as a as an incredible game as a game that um had a lot of influence in the industry but still one i've never played uh and that is mass effect yes. the first game uh so beverly when you, we were talking about games to pick as what occasionally happens you had a few options one i was i had kind of promised to someone else which i've screwed up before um i just we have an episode coming out this next week about a game i forgot i had promised someone they could do it like two months ago or like four months Uh ago and i have a spreadsheet for this very thing but this is the like the third time i've done that (laughs) well i'm glad you remembered for this one hopefully yes hopefully you didn't promise mass effect to someone they're gonna oh, listen no. to this and be like, Whoa. right? Um, we'll figure this out on the fly. But that's I'm really excited to talk about this game. Thank you for choosing it. Um, but before we do, let's talk about what we've got to do, which is your history with video games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so first, Bev, I'd love to know when, how early were video games a part of your life? Was it something your parents had when you were first conscious, or was this something you discovered two years ago? Uh, I, yeah, it's, it's been a childhood thing for sure. Killer. My dad actually had a small business, uh, when I was growing up very, very young. Uh, it's no longer in place, but it was called Future Kids and it was about teaching kids to use computers back in like 95, 96. Where are you from? Uh, Santa Barbara. Okay, cool. And future uh, kids. Isn't that cute? That sounds like something that a kid's parent would do like on a Disney Channel show. It does. Like, it does. Like, for all I know, Lewis and Ren's dad worked at Future Kids. <laughs> I I'm very lucky to have a really great parent family situation. And like that was yeah, my dad. So like we had it's not like we had fancy computers in my house, but like my <laughs> I grew up in a very computer literate house. Cool. And uh yeah, my parents have actually been going through our old home movies to digitize them. It's so funny. They put them all on DVDs in like 2009, and now they're putting them all on a hard drive. So they have to rewatch <laughs> them all to see what everything is. That's amazing. That's kind of a, that is, as you are preserving things <laughs> or saving strange? things, it's all, it's very interesting to me. But I kind of realize I, I sometimes will do some of the same thing because you're like, well, if I'm going to organize this and maybe back it up, like, I got to know what it is. Yeah. So you're just kind of like every seven, eight, nine years, like rewatching all your shit, so all your weird. home videos. 
That's so great. Were you a big home video kid? No. Um, I'm the second child. So we, we have a joke in my house that I have second child syndrome. Like all the announcements for my brother who's older, there's only two of us. My brother who's older are gone and all of my baby announcements are there. Like they didn't send them. They were too busy. I'm the second child. Like my brother's baby book is like super filled out and it looks really nice. Mine is empty. Um, (laughs) So the fact that they have any videos of me at all is a a surprise. Wow. Um, but they do. And one of them was me trying to show my dad I was five or less, maybe four. And I'm like at the computer and I'm like, you have to watch this. And he keeps filming me because he's watching me like sing and dance to it because he's my dad. (laughs) But I'm like, you're not looking like, look at the screen. This is really incredible stuff. It's very funny. But my video games specifically, I remember like the thing that my brother was older, so he was the one that would, like, ask for stuff and get stuff, and then I would be like, I want that, too. Or, like, let's let's play this thing together or whatever. Yeah. But I remember Ocarina of Time in 64 era being the real, like, oh, this is going to be a thing at least a little that, bit of my life. That's so cool. Do you, like, because I had sort of a similar thing with that game specifically. Yeah. Um, do you at all remember what that was? Was it, like, the the like adventure part of it was it the graphics that we had never seen before do you remember what i do why you felt that way oh let's get into it it's my brand (laughs) it's a fantasy thing there's mystical stuff you get to be a hero there's all these girls that are your friends that are really cute and fun and maybe romantic but maybe not you don't know the Ugh. best kind. The best kind. <laughs> like Link gets mistaken for a girl all the time. That's great. Um, yeah. Uh, you got freaking chic, and it's like Zelda, and then you're like, oh, what tight, dude. Like I, we take princess in disguise things. stuff. Love that. S- seriously, that's that's one of the things that there are certain um, moments or storylines or mm-hmm. characters like that in video games that I in, in all media, really books, movies, um, I that I. Uh, wish I could experience again for the first time mm. because once the surprise is gone, I know. you know it. It does make it cool for f- future revisits to like look at behaviors to be like, hey, they were acting funny here. Totally. In Zelda, it's very obvious. Um, but that's something that like, oh, that's like a superpower. That's one of my superpowers. I want is to like re-experience not like for <laughs> is to yeah, just like re-experience something cool. like that, like cool surprises, like like Sixth Sense. Oh, uh, cool, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, a movie so, I w- had ruined for me like three times before I saw it. There you go. See, this would be good for even people like yourself who yeah. don't have a chance. Yeah. Um, uh, Very Potter Musical to, was the first one to do it. How weird is that? It it was the first one to... Ruin the sixth sense what? for me. <laughs> the Harry the, Potter Musical? The Very Potter Musical, which is this musical written by a bunch of great people who were just like in college in Michigan. Do you know this thing at all? Yeah, I think I do. They they put on like a uh-huh. whole musical, uh-huh. right? And it's a bunch of college students uh-huh. or something. Uh huh. I basically just repeated back what you no, said. To no, no, you did great. Counts, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> but like uh, a bunch of them are in LA now and like do comedy, and like one of them's at UCB. Um, what? Yeah. Who's this? Uh, Jamie Lynn Betty. She's great. I she does a lot of uh, like one man show character stuff. Oh, that's really cool. Amazing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. But uh, there was some blooper I remember watching in high school that like someone posted and they like revealed, <laughs> like made a joke about the six sense. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. 
Uh, just when you think you're safe, <laughs> when you think you can't, it can't be get spoiled. Uh, that's funny. Um, so if, so fantasy was already your vibe as, as a little kid. And that's what attracted you to this game. Um, before you continue talking about video games, are you, I mean, I feel like I know the answer to this, but you're into fantasy. I love it. Hence, which is not it. the type of game we're talking about today, <laughs> but we will be doing later. I, but fantasy and sci-fi are like so closely related. Yeah, they are to like just to, the two big, I don't want to, maybe I'm uh, not doing either of them justice, but to me feel like the two big like genres that I love to see stuff in yeah. is like fantasy and sci-fi. Yeah, totally. For sure. That's really cool. Um, so you 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 experienced Ocarina of the Time. Your brother was playing it. You said you didn't. Yeah, play, we or did no. You? I did play. Um, I remember. I I think I paid him. No, I think I paid him to do the Wind Waker thing. For some reason, Zelda games as a <laughs> child, the first level I cannot do. I could not beat Goma, and I could oh. not sneak in Wind Waker when you're in the barrel. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, I do. Okay. Like the, the first fortress or whatever. So I think Forsaken Goma, fortress. I like cleaned my brother's room so he would beat that stupid spider for me. <laughs> and then I know for sure I paid him $5 to beat that barrel level in Wind Waker for me. That's amazing. But the rest like of it I played to- by myself. <laughs> wow. Uh, your brother was paid to play video games. He was. He was the first amazing. professional gamer. <laughs> That's uh, yeah right. Uh, that's so. And you were the uh, you were the, the Patreon money person for that. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Um, that's really cool. So where did that take you afterwards? Um, we would just play video games together. After that, in high school era, we got really into Halo. Um, I Hell never yeah. beat the campaign. Once I was able to play against other people, I was like, screw one player. That's what am, what are we doing? What is this? 2000? Yeah. Uh <laughs> Yeah. I think for me that game cuz I only played it on I played it on the computer, mm-hmm. so I got it a few years later. And same thing, except I wasn't like I didn't uh I think consciously like do away with the campaign. Uh-huh. I was just like this multiplayer is so big and amazing uh-huh. that I like forgot about it. Totally. <laughs> And I was like watching Red versus Blue at the time, which is a oh. Halo Machinima that I started. I watched like seven episodes of two months ago, and it was still good, which is promising. I can't oh my say gosh. the rest of it holds up <laughs> because I'm afraid like what types of jokes will happen. Yeah, but like it's almost it's feels okay. inevitable. <laughs> it's been okay. Like, truly though, that's great. Uh, great to hear that about Red versus Blue. But now I know I can safely watch up to seven without feeling <laughs> guilty know. about anything that's problematic. That's great. Uh, so cool. So you're in a halo. Yeah. And I remember my, my friend's dad, cause I had a bunch of girlfriends who also loved halo. And before Xbox live was a thing, we had land parties, but there was a way to do oh. land parties over the internet. Do you remember that? Did you do this? Not, I didn't have an original Xbox, okay. so I did not copy. Um, I don't know how I assume yeah. we put an ethernet cable into it somehow and then made sure. it, it like linked LAN across ethernet yeah but her one of their dads worked at like a small startup engineering company so their break room had an xbox and like uh like a projector and a screen for their like you know 20 something employee coders (laughs) and like we me and my four girlfriends in like eighth grade would go there and get burgers and milkshakes with from her dad and we he would like go work and we would get to play like halo on a projector it was incredible (laughs) that is 
paradise. <laughs> Burgers, milkshakes, my friends, Halo. I can distinctly oh. remember it. I lived, I grew up in the same city my whole life. And I remember like never seeing the same burger or shake place we went the day that we did that. <laughs> and me just being like, did I dream that day? Like, I don't know how or when it happened. Oh my gosh. But it was so good. I, uh, that is so, it's like such a visceral, <laughs> all of those visceral experience. All of those things are like the best version of a thing. Like, Food, milkshakes and burgers, uh-huh. situation with my friends, <laughs> and then I'm a child playing Halo and I don't have like the, ne- the world. responsibilities that I do now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so that's great. So good. Yeah. Were you playing, so you're playing Halo, did you play other games like through high school? Uh, Crimson Skies was the other one. Crimson Skies is this huh. plane game for Xbox, like airplane. Had Amazing. a great aesthetic that they never really fulfilled. Like, I, that's one I actually played the whole storyline for. And it oh. was like 1940s steampunk. And you were kind of a detective, kind of solving a mystery. But like the game was so clearly built to just be dogfights with planes that they yes. were like really trying to push it. But they had these cool like cinematic movie sequences pre-rendered because... The whole rest of the game is just plain, so that that was all rendered normal. But everything else was mm-hmm. like, you know, like that Final Fantasy ten era, like oh. pre-render, make it look so oh. good thing. Um, I and love it, that. <laughs> the aesthetic, again, was so good. But the story, I don't remember making a lick of sense. I couldn't tell you a single plot point. I remember at one point you fight a giant metal spider, like Wild Wild West. I don't know why <laughs> so this so it seems a lot different than the disney movie planes yes to me it's very from different what you're describing. okay but there cool. is there is a movie that looked like it sky captain and the world of tomorrow i can't believe i just pulled that title out of my brain whoa i think i saw it yep. like a like a writ like a ticket yep. like streamer fly out of your mouth yep. <laughs> it was amazing it was uh <laughs> sky captain the world of tomorrow it was a terrible movie and again the aesthetic was great and it makes me mad that we haven't had an aesthetic that was good like that oh you know what there is it's a miyazaki movie called porco rosso i just rewatched it and it's what i want wow you're a rolodex of media today <sighs> yeah i can give you anything <laughs> <laughs> ask me anything um so that was a game what was cool about that game is i was never good at video games uh sure. which is why most of the games i played were like single player story-based stuff i'm also not allowed to play mmos i learned that very quickly as a child because time dilation and it's like working a job you're paying someone else to do and i couldn't do it (laughs) i'm not allowed uh so that was already out of the question so it was like purely like story-based stuff or like just shoot 'em ups fightings um but like crimson skies was the only game i was good at right away and i was like frick yeah maybe this is my genre and then no other games came out like that and i was like that's (laughs) cool i'm fine Man, you really don't see a lot of like flying no. games. Even like, like when did we get a even like a Star Fox? Like yeah. it's been a long. T- I mean, the Wii U is it, and those are rare. Yeah, gosh, that's amazing. Okay, so so that was like it, um, and then like video games for me after that were playing Halo with my brother on like Christmas Eve, like because we couldn't cool. go to sleep. That was very fun. Oh, because you're excited. Yeah, and uh, that was when Xbox Live was out. Everyone is 
online. It was like the most people to play against. Everyone's like, oh, Merry Christmas. Just turn Christmas here. Like, Aww. oh, I'm Jewish. Hanukkah, blah, blah, blah. Like all over the world. It was very cute. It was like the that's least so sweet. toxic day of Xbox <laughs> Live, which I love. I was going to say, that sounds too good. It was so nice. So I remember doing that a lot. And then, um, yeah, I guess when my life changed, uh, my brother was in college at the time and when did I play Fable? Fable was a huge deal to me too because it was like, oh, I can have British humor and this fantasy role-playing thing? What a gift. Oh boy. <laughs> um, I think those same Halo friends of mine played Fable and that's how I got into it. But I remember okay. Fable 2 coming out and I didn't have an Xbox 360. My brother was in college and just like, trying to figure out how I could get an Xbox 360. Yeah. Um, And I did by winning one at prom. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. This is another Disney Channel story that we're getting into. Is it you won an Xbox 360 won an at Xbox 360 prom. prom. That's a Mad Lib that some kid <laughs> has just, written before. I like didn't have a job. I was going to get a job over the summer. Yeah, because it was senior year. I was like trying to, I think the 360 had been out like a year or two or like had just come out. And I was trying to figure out how to get it. And I was going to get a job before I went to college over the summer. And I was like, I guess I'll do it then. But I went to prom, which Southern California classic, our prom was supposed to be at Earl, like the showgrounds, but there was a fire in the hills. So the oh, showgrounds no. were the place all the horses were evacuated to. So they were like, you can't have your prom. And we we're like, that's that's fine. The horses should yeah. be there. We understand. <laughs> um, so we had it in our gym and it was like way better. But we had like an after prom that was like to make sure people didn't drink. And it would go from like prom midnight to 7 a.m. And I was Dang. a person who already wasn't drinking. So I was like, this yeah. is great. I get another free party. That's um, amazing. <laughs> so it was a casino night. And there were like, you got a certain amount of money to start and then you could win more. And there were prizes. It was like a bunch of college stuff. So it was like a mini fridge. There was an Xbox 360. There was, uh, I think, like car washes. Um, and all these like grownups being volunteers doing this casino night. I remember my mock trial coach like slipping me 20s at the poker table. Like, <laughs> like this guy who's like a lawyer in real life just being like, I got you, kid. And me feeling like, this is so illicit. Like, oh my That's... gosh. Um, <laughs> but my good friend, Anna, who actually probably, I don't even remember she played Halo with us. She was part of that friends group though. Um, got the fridge that she wanted and had won like on like a wheel of fortune, like a hundred thousand quote, quote dollars. <laughs> and um, so she got her fridge and then she gave me the rest of hers. And then I was bidding against this other kid for this Xbox. And I was like, dude, I want this thing more than anything in my whole life. Please let me have this. And he finally was like, I, you, you really seem to want this. I was like, you don't understand fable too. And he's like, I don't know what that is. And I was like, <laughs> no problem. And I got an Xbox. It was oh. the best. That is so cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that's amazing. Oh. Uh, like a dream, like to win anything <laughs> in a raffle is incredible, let alone a, like a video game mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was so is, lucky. See, this is why I ask about video it game so history. Lucky. Truly. Um, what do you, do you, from like that point to now, what, what was your journey like? Uh, I got really into Skyrim. I, got cool. really, I had tried to play Morrowind before 
uh, in high school probably, and I was like, mm. I don't understand what's happening, and these controls are <laughs> whack, um, which is true. Even though it makes me mad because that's the most creative uh, world the Elder Scrolls series mm. has done, I think. Because, like, Oblivion was super imperial. Like, it was, like, the imperial homeland or whatever. And so it just looked like Nova Scotia or, like, I don't know, Denmark. And then Skyrim was, like, very Nordic. Yeah. But, like, Morrowind was, like, giant mushrooms. And I remember there being, like, a deserty place, which was so cool. And wow. so that made me mad. Because I, I want them to... I, I think there's a remaking Morrowind project for computer right now but i don't think my computer Ooh. can run it but i really wish it could oh that's yeah yeah hey maybe you'll go to another maybe prom I'll win and win one. A computer <laughs> it's so funny too I, we haven't even gotten there yet but the the xbox i have now is not the same xbox and i actually got that for free too <laughs> whoa i don't think uh. i've ever paid for a console i've paid for handhelds but amazing um we gotta get you into some contests know, right? yeah <laughs> I've just always depended upon the kindness of strangers. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I got like really into Skyrim and obviously I played Fable hard because that's the whole reason I got that stupid Xbox. Um, yeah. And then I like had it in college. I remember because that's what we watched DVDs on. But I, I never like gamed really hard. I would get really into one game like a year, play the whole story and then be like done for a while. Mm. I never really got back into Xbox Live and stuff because I was just busy. Um, I was in like an intense theater program in college and it took up all my life. Oh goodness. And then I got cut from that intense theater program and had to like oh. find a new major really fast. So I was just busy. Jeez, <laughs> oh. that sucks. But Hey, it's okay. Hey, you it got worked out for the it. best. I got there cut go. from that major, but then I got to be like the lead in all these Shakespeare plays because of the way oh. classes worked out. And it was such a gift because I'm okay. very into Shakespeare. It's one of my well. weird hobbies. Hey, there we go. Can't add any more. Yeah. Um, so that was like me with video games. And then when I moved to LA, which was pretty soon after college, um, I, I like went on a big trip. I did like a Shakespeare program abroad and then like traveled for a while and then came back and was playing video games again. Horde. Nice. <laughs> while, <laughs> while hanging. But then I moved to LA and I thought my roommate had a... 360s so i i uh ended up like giving it to my aunt for my little cousin to have Aww. and he didn't and i was like oh <laughs> oh no <laughs> but it was fine like i wasn't <sighs> playing video games at the time anyway yeah. so i was like this is fine um i think he had a i can't even remember now which is crazy because it feels like yesterday but it, it was like 2014 <laughs> um i think i because i remember we had ratchet and clank but the last level didn't work. So I th I want to say that's a PlayStation of some sort. Um, that sh I think that is PlayStation exclusive, I believe. Yeah. And I remember I got Skyrim for the computer because I would hook that up to the TV. So I played Skyrim for another like month or two. And then it was like, I'm Ooh. done again. We're done. I don't need more <laughs> of this. Uh, so, yeah, that was like me. I wasn't playing a whole lot of video games um, until, yeah. Until Mass Effect came back into my life. That's the reason I started playing video games again. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, well, so we've gotten to hear so much about your video game past. I love it. Um, what 
is a game that you've pl- have you played any games like within the last few years that you've really loved or that have like felt like they've spoken to you yes. or been special? Okay. Yes. Uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. Have you played this oh. game? No, but I know it. <sighs> I think it's it's one that like is is really popular and everyone knows, but no one plays it. Yeah. And I can't recommend it enough. It's all on mobile now. You can buy almost, I think, the entirety of it for your iPhone at this point. Wow. And they're so cute and good and, like, stylized and fun. But what's crazy is the latest one that just came out just for mobile. I don't even think it came out on DS or anything. What's what's the new one? What do kids have now? A Wii U? I don't know. Well, Switch. A Switch. Nintendo Switch. It might be a yeah. Switch. I don't, I don't know. I think four kids in the world have a Wii U. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, so, Wii U. I love you. I've got one of you. <laughs> it, it's you and three others. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't even think it came out, though. I'm pretty sure it's just mobile. And it is straight up one of the best games I've ever played. It's touching. I cried. Aww. It's a game that you can like pick up and put down. So I remember playing it on my 30 minute breaks at the restaurant that I was working at. And like sometimes coming back like having cried and I was like I'm sorry it's just Apollo Justice is just doing his best and his dad (laughs) but it's Uh. so good it's like the beginning ones were clearly made in Japan and then ported and I think eventually it became more popular in America so Mm -hmm. they started making more American references but in the beginning He's like looking at his window and he's like, ah, another day. And I, I don't remember where they pretend it's set. They're like Los Angeles. And it's clearly Tokyo. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's great. And like, uh, like, oh, she's an American and having like wacky, like Western, like stylized person as the American character. Like we deserve it. It's gr- so That's great. good. Uh, Porco Rosso also does that again. Plug oh. for Porco Rosso. Um <laughs> What else about it? Yeah, it's just like so well written and like cute and nice and has a good message and Aww. actually had like the latest one at least has like a ton of turns. Like a lot of the beginning ones, they're like finding their feet, figuring out who these characters are. But the latest one has like a, a like a reference or a storyline with all the characters you've seen throughout the whole thing, which I oh, I love. Uh, it's just so good. It's so uh, good. That's wonderful. Uh well, awesome. Um, is there anything that you wanted to cover real quick before we... No. Uh, okay, cool. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a real quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to get into everything Mass Effect. Hell yeah. Hi there, everyone. This is the host of the Call Me By Your Game podcast, Connor McCabe. And I am thrilled to announce that our show is now a part of the brand spanking new video game podcast network, Super NPC Radio. Uh, and we've launched a Patreon in addition to support our shows. All the shows and content from Super NPC Radio are fully independent, and we finally have a way to not only make new video content, but more podcasts as well, bonus shows, and help pay for our expenses in doing so. We can offer several great tiers. And for $5 a month, you'll get access to our brand new weekly show, Super NPCs. At the following $10 tier, you'll get even more bonus content, including a monthly group episode of this show called Call Me By Your Game Co-op, where we discuss iconic games, their respective legacies, and their place in history. If this is interesting to you and you like this show, check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio and keep on enjoying those games, why don't you? 
Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, talking about Mass Effect today with Beverly Jean. Um, so before we get into like your history and context and everything you want to share about your personal experience, let's talk a little bit about the history and context of this game, just in case our listeners or myself don't know enough about it. Heck yeah. Um, so again, like I said before, Bev, if you want to interrupt me or take something away or like mm-hmm. take the lead, you go for it. But I'll just start sharing to kick us off. Um, for the listener out there, Mass Effect is an action role-playing game developed by BioWare and published by Microsoft Game Studios. It was originally released for the Xbox 360 in 2007 and is the first game in the Mass Effect series. It received several year-end awards uh, and also critical acclaim from publications and sold more than a million and a half copies by January 2008. Um, Critics praised the game's interactive storytelling and cinematic design, but was criticized for its unbalanced combat mechanics and poor AI. Um, uh, I'll just keep going a little the bit. The game. AI. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, sorry, AI. Uh, the game itself takes place in the Milky Way galaxy in the year twenty one eighty three, where civilization is threatened by a highly advanced machine race known as the Reapers. The player assumes the role of Commander Shepard, an elite human soldier who must stop a rogue agent from carrying out the Reapers' galactic invasion. And you can choose to be either. Like male Captain Shepard or female, correct? Correct. Gotcha. Um, I don't know how often games gave you that option back then, but I would assume it wasn't that common. It wasn't a lot. Okay, there we go. I I noticed. I was counting. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, one, this game. Uh, That was the big deal about Fable 2. That's why I was so excited you could be a girl. I didn't know that about Fable 2. I think that's the first one that had it. Oh, I, as we're going to talk about later, because uh, uh, peek behind the <laughs> know, curtain for the guest. Hey, you're totally fine. For the guest, we're also recording an episode of Video Games, a comedy show, coincidentally tonight, talking all about Fable with Jeremy Schmidt. Um, we'll get so we'll get back to that. Listen to the show. Hey. Um, now, the gameplay in this game requires the player to complete multiple quests that generally involve space exploration, squad and vehicular combat, and interaction with non-player characters. Mass Effect received critical acclaim from publications, and like I already said, sold a ton of copies, uh, and that's about it. Did you have anything about, like, the history or context that you felt like sharing? No, I actually looked it up today to make sure what I thought was true, and it is that this was not based off of anything. Yes. What's really, like, surprising about this game is it has, like, a huge world-built aspect already, And I remember playing it and being like, is this based like on a comic or a book or something? And it's not, which is impressive. Definitely. Uh, It's like it's having knowing known so little about it. But even watching footage of this game, you I it it does feel very lived in and very detailed to where they I would have assumed they would have, you know, built it off of some existing Mm -hmm. property. Mm -hmm. Um, But they didn't. All right, so Beverly, let's get into it. Uh, you wanted to talk about Mass Effect today. We kind of touched on it earlier, but why don't you tell us how you like heard about this game or how you got it? So I was very much in love with the game Knights of the Old Republic, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Um, mm-hmm. I literally don't remember when I played it, but I know I played it once, and then when... Star Wars The Force Awakens came out there was an ad on the app store being like 
Knights of the Old Republic for iPhone, the full game for $2, like for today, for the opening weekend of this thing. And I was like, great, I I buy this now. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then like every time I was in a line or something, I would just play Knights of the Old Republic. So now I've beaten that game like 30 times. And my friends are oh like, oh my gosh. Because like for a while, it's just like, oh, I've never played it evil because it's really hard for me to play evil things because of Fable 1. Yeah. We'll talk about that soon. Oh, um, yeah. And, uh, so I like finally beat it evil. And then I was like, oh, well, let's try being a boy. And I was like, this is screwed up. Why is the boy romance so much better than the girl romance? I'm so mad. Oh, Again, no. a tragedy of video gaming from like 2000 to like 2010. But Jeez. anyway, um, but like, yeah. So my friends were like, you love KOTOR so much, which is what I will refer to it as. Uh, you love KOTOR so much. Why don't you play like Mass Effect? And I was like, oh, I don't have 360. I've heard it's good, but I just don't have the ability to play it. And then um, I I also found out later Dragon Age is also made by them, which is something I've dabbled in during the core. Uh, oh, but, cool. But uh, I just started. I broke my phone. This is how this happened. I broke my phone and I... <laughs> like I don't remember how it was some dropping or water situation and I just on Facebook was like before I try and deal with this financially does anybody have an iPhone I can just have and a friend of mine was like yeah actually the screen is cracked but it works perfectly but my oh, wow. boyfriend bought me a new one and I don't really need it and I was like I'll thank you I will I'll take that and then amazing we did that and I was like thank you so much it's great so I was like, I wonder if this will work with video games. It's 2018. Um, yeah. You know, everyone has an Xbox One if they're super into games or is like going to get one. Mm -hmm. So I just start telling people and I'm just like, yeah, I love. I've always wanted to play this game Mass Effect, but I just don't have a 360. And I was literally talking to I was at my restaurant on break in a day shift. So like the servers were hanging out where I was sitting and I was talking to this new server. I literally met. This was our second shift together. And he was talking about video games. I was like, oh, yeah, I love Skyrim. Um, I got really into Skyrim, put a lot of hours. And then I just like fall off the wagon. Don't care about it anymore for a while. He's like, yeah, cool. I'm just getting an Xbox one like this weekend. I was like, oh, I really want to play Mass Effect. I just like don't have the system. I've been like trying to figure out if I could like get it on a computer or what. And he goes, you get my Xbox 360. I'm getting an Xbox one. And I was like, we just met. I was like, are you sure? Like, oh. you don't have to. And he was like, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to use it. I'll give you all the games and the controller, too. It'll get it out of my house. I was like, okay. And he's like, I can drive it over to you. I was like, Before first you can of all, say no. I was, like, I was like, first of all, please don't drive it to me. I will come to you. I'm like, oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> so I got his address. He lived like three blocks from me. It was insane. And um, he gave me the Xbox. And I was like, thank you so much. Like, I really appreciate this. This is great anytime he needed something at the bar i was like will gets whatever he wants like you make his drinks Amazing. first like somebody, if a bartender i don't care what high profile guest is here <laughs> I, was, I was a bartender so like it was it, 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 like based on how you were liked by other bartenders could impede your service like there was a very sexist oh, yeah. server for a while <laughs> and one day our coworker blew up at him took his tickets and moved him to the end of the line he was like that guy's tickets get done last and we were like amazing cool. so anyway anytime <laughs> will was on i was like y'all need to do whatever he needs like they want for real. a margarita with no sugar and lemon you make it like it's fine God. 
After his good deed, he's got a key to the city. <laughs> exactly. And literally everyone I told that to, they're like, oh, yeah, no problem. OK, great. He got you an Xbox? Sure. He gets whatever he wants. It was very cute. Amazing. So anyway, he gave me all these games. And again, see what you can get by just being nice and asking. Because I was talking to my upstairs yeah. neighbors and I was like, yeah, I just got a 360. Give me all these games. It's really exciting. And one of my upstairs neighbors was like, oh, I have this whole booklet of games. And I left my Xbox in Texas. Do you want them? Like, I want them back someday. And I was like, absolutely. I will give them back if you need them. If Will asked for his Xbox, I'd give that back. Um, so he gave me this binder of games and I still have it. And like a year ago, he was like, do you still have my games or do you sell them? I was like, why would I sell them? That's so terrible. <laughs> I was like, no, I have it. I can give back anytime. Right. Um, but he doesn't need it. So it had a bunch of games in it, including Mass Effect, but it didn't have Mass Effect 1. <laughs> it had Mass no Effect way. 2 and 3. So I oh. bought it on Amazon, which is fine. Great. I spent like $7 on it. <laughs> everything else was free. I had controllers. I had everything I needed. Um, I think I had to buy like a memory card too. Uh, and that was it. And I was set up and I was going to get to the play this game that I've been trying to play for like five years. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just chance. Um, That's a journey. You really stuck it out it to was finally so nice. play this game. <laughs> I was so happy. Oh. Um, and I, I'm surprised that didn't end with you winning some, another contest. <laughs> I know. That's, I guess you just won the, the lottery this time was just like knowing Will. It's so funny. I guess. Yep. It's amazing. Will is my lottery. Um, <laughs> it's so funny too. A couple months ago, one of our bartenders is very into video games and he was like, I'll give you my Xbox one when I get the next Xbox. And I was like, this is just my life now. I'm just inheriting people's like old. I just have to find the people that are the people who buy things when things come out to make friends with them to get their old things. It's just like, you know, so there's crazy. no, sh you know, if you're okay with like not playing what is coming out right then and you want to experience the great stuff that's already been there, it's not a bad life. It's been really great. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> I just, yeah, it's been really great. Uh, so <laughs> I ordered. Mass Effect. So I had to like wait too. I was like so excited. I'm like, I'm finally gonna get to play this game. Then I was like, I have to wait. Uh Amazing. which is fine. But I got it and then I started and it was like everything I wanted. It was so good. Oh. It was so good. That's so satisfying. And that's like Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of things that you probably, as someone who likes yeah. fiction, likes books, movies, yeah. like video games there's a lot of stuff we look forward to and are excited about mm -hmm. not everything lives up to the hype mm -hmm. but when you get something that is you're excited about what you think it might be and it is oh chef's kiss it's so good oh it's like the best feeling but, so yeah that's wonderful so so you finally get this game uh -huh. after all of this uh, -huh. uh uh fortune and work and putting uh -huh. yourself out there uh -huh. what when you played it were you, is this a game you got like sucked into immediately or did it take a bit to get the hang of what, how'd that work for you? Um, it's the first third person shooter I've played. Okay. So that was super weird. Uh, but with games, because I'm a person who has a lot of hobbies and responsibilities or did at one point, <laughs> um, I yeah. mostly am playing for story now, so I just turn everything on like super easy mode <laughs> or medium nice. easy mode so I can just enjoy. Totally. Um, so it wasn't 
that big of a challenge to get over. I think I was playing it on super easy mode and it was like I could shoot anywhere and the people would just go down. And I was like, OK, I got to <laughs> I got to hit this up like one notch. Um, but it uh, yeah, it was so great. It's just uh, the the graphics are very dated because I think hmm. one came out in 2005. I'm not sure. I I think uh, 2007, according cool. to what I found. That makes sense. Yeah, so it was like 2007, so it's not the greatest. Um, mm-hmm. But the character like design and what everyone looks like and the different races that, again, are based on nothing. Like, the world building is 100% done by Bioware. Oh, the reason KOTOR and this are related is because Bioware did both. Um, yes. And so, like... It was so cool to see this fully formed thing. The other weird thing is I'd heard a little bit about Mass Effect through a D&D podcast that I listened to. Wow. The Broadswords was doing this, uh, which is this all-female non-binary D&D podcast, did a one-off of like Mass Effect role-playing, like mapping 5e oh. onto Mass Effect stuff. Um, That's fun. As far as I know. And so I started to like hear about these like types of people and characters. And I was like, this is so weird. Like what a crazy, like specific race and world built thing. And then I saw it and I was like, I can't believe they just made this up. This is insane. Uh, yeah. Really. So that was super impressive. And then like there's cool voice actors in it. In the first one, um, Seth Green is there like uh playing joker i think yeah he starts in the first one and he ends up being in like all three of them and then the voice (laughs) actors they just get like more and more people trinity from uh from uh matrix Matrix is in it carrie ann moss yep and then uh trisha helfer from battlestar shows up and uh and it's crazy because this game is Battlestar Galactica the game. Like it's so clearly influenced by that militarized sci-fi life. And Battlestar does such a good job of like talking about theology. Uh Battlestar the TV show, at least the reboot. It like talks about like God and stuff, and I feel like this one really talks about the human aspect not of God of like what the military is for, what the repercussions of choices of war are and why we have to do them sometimes or why we shouldn't do them sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's something I've been kind of thinking about with um, like video games and media lately is like, it's, I'm always very impressed when I can be taken to a world that is not of our own, that, um, you know, is truly an organic thing they created and it like they make the problems matter to me because they're like relatable issues. It's yeah. like, oh, you see in this other universe, they're having like moral quandaries about whether or not the military is like inherently good or whatever. Right. That's also props to you, Mass Effect. That's yeah. really cool. Um, were there, it seems like they sort of, again, and again, this is not a game I've played. Mm-hmm. This is one that's, for the longest time, Veep was like at the top of my like you must watch this list Cute. because people were like you're you're a writer like you want to write for TV and you do you're an improv comedian mm-hmm. like you gotta watch the show. But for me, it was almost like I had to be like I had to be like in a good place to watch it like to where <laughs> it to where like I deserved it too. It's yeah, strange. I, I got a lot of issues, but um, 
this was just one of them. And Mass Effect is kind of one of those games, too, that I'm like, there's a few things I need to do first before mm-hmm. I can, d- like, envelop myself in this. So um, that's really cool. Does this – so I guess I was just going to ask you, like, um, is it uh, – re- are the characters relatable? Like, what do you – what do you, how do you feel about, like, the way that they, like – use the characters and there's also a lot of voice acting in this. So like, yeah, as a voice actor, like w- w- having played it recently, what did you take from it? It's, I know I just asked you two questions. No, I'm so I understand. Sorry. <laughs> you're, you're talking about the interpersonal relationships and the technical aspects of those interpersonal relationships. Great. I think they're thank related. You for, thank you. You really helped me there. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, it's, so again, I play mostly story-based games, so I can have a beginning and end, also for my own health, because again, I can't play MMOs for addiction reasons. <laughs> um, I never had a problem, but there's a reason I never had a problem. It's because I didn't let myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's restraint. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, so what I love the most about story stuff is like the relationships. Um, I'm actually playing uh, Knights of the Republic 2 for the first time in a long time again right now and oh, cool. my roommate was like what are you playing tonight can I watch it because we play video games together sometimes so I was oh, like fun. you'll hate this it's just me talking to everyone and finding everyone's backstory <laughs> and then playing for like five minutes and then going back and talking and seeing if there's more backstory <laughs> I can access yet it's like your least favorite Ooh. thing but it's what I love the most and I think Mass Effect does a great job of like working in everyone's deal and backstory into everything and this game did something revolutionary that I think maybe they were the first one to do it, but I'm not sure where every iteration of it, your save file is transferred to the next one. So any decisions your character made, what your character looks like and the relationships you had as that character are transferred to the next game. You have an opportunity to change the face and like how it looks because I think games understand that uh character like having fully customizable characters is like something very exciting that a lot of people really like and yeah if your whole system changes and it's better it might be nice if you could do it different like in the second and third one so they're like oh yeah you get a surgery and now you can is this what you look like like you look in the mirror what do you look like now it's been a couple years um so they do a really good job of making it feel like you've lived this like long life throughout the games because your your file ends up transferring to the second and third. And then um, is it Mass Effect 1? Yeah, I think in Mass Effect 1 and they do this in Knights of the Old Republic 2. No, they don't. In the second Knights of the Old Republic, instead of like uploading your save file, you answer questions from people. They're like, was Revan a woman or a man? And you're like, she was a woman and they're like oh i forgot i called her a man like that's how you say like i played a girl in the last game um that's so funny that's like at the beginning of pokemon <laughs> where they're like they're like uh what's your name again or what's yeah, my exactly. grandson's name it's just like and that you're like, yeah too funny <laughs> it's butt face uh <laughs> <laughs> always butt face <laughs> so mass effect i think you uh your character in the beginning of the game gets like a promotion to get their own ship or something. I don't quite remember, but to get it, you have to have like survived this 
uh, big attack where like most people died or everyone died and you oh. have to say like how you survived. And so you make these choices and then people reference it. They're like, oh, like her whole squad died. Like she's hard. Like you don't want to mess with Commander Shepard. And they oh. also do the thing. Oh, I wanted to talk about the female male thing. So you get to be Please. a boy or a girl and the way that they make it so they didn't have to voice act a ton of stuff. Like I think they did because of pronouns, but maybe they could plug in just pronoun differences. But instead of like having a name, they everyone calls you Shepherd or Commander Shepherd, which is your last name, oh. which could be a boy or a girl. And it like creates this That's whole great. it creates that like same thing with Zelda, like Link thing, where everybody's Link, but you're all like a different Link. And like yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. Because, like, Shepard is this thing, and, God, you get, like, famous eventually, and people ask for Oh, your, interesting. People ask, there's this side quest in one of the middle games, I think it's two or three, where the, the shop owners will give you a discount if you do an ad for them. And, like, the, the ability to, to <laughs> like... hilarious. And, like, the ad is like, I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite shop on the Citadel. And then you, you, you can do that for, like, all the shops. So, like, every single shop says that. And it's, like, this great joke. And because they have this naming thing that, like, everyone is Commander Shepard, no matter what your first name is, uh, it, like, works. I love it. That's so cool. I thought that was so smart. But, like... Let's, oh, let's talk about I characters. Okay, this game Please. makes you make decisions, and some of them are terminal for the characters, and it's like very upsetting. And it's like when oh, for like the yeah, like people die. And like, oh, I know. It happens all the time in video games. For <laughs> some know. reason, I'm struck by this. But it makes, but it makes, uh, it makes your like sacrifice more important, and it makes the decisions feel like. You're making a decision. I play another theme amongst the games I play is I love evil good games. Fable, uh, KOTOR, this. Um, having decisions that are, you know, aligned in a certain way. And this one, in the beginning, it's very black and white. And it gets more gray mm -hmm. as you go, which I also can really love. But you have to, like, make sacrifices and choose between squad members at some points wow um that's that's heart-wrenching i know <laughs> it's so like, like the, it's and like again how, it's crazy sometimes oh sorry go for it well your file transfers so like those deaths are permanent like Jeez. and it has repercussions really making you remember the the tough choices you make yeah. uh but that's so interesting it gives you it's so it's very interesting to me sometimes when like a character and I don't know what your experience is like with the characters you maybe had to make these decisions on, mm -hmm. but when they like matter to you yeah. and you don't want to affect them negatively. Yeah. Like that is so rough. That don't make me choose between my kids. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're doing. Jeez. Um, um and this also has romance in it, which I always love. Oh. Oh, interesting. Yeah, did you not Does, know that? No, I didn't. First did of all, you... this game has romance and it is notably the gayest game in the world really the first one is not as gay but they get gayer as they go along no to, way so so how so in what way is it like your character like can you explain that a little bit yes so awesome. in, the, in the beginning you have two options for romance okay if you're a boy you have this human girl ashley williams and this oh i can't remember their name of this race hold on I have it open so I could remember everyone's names. Oh, thank you. 
uh, a sorry, at the ready. a sorry woman, Liara. So you can mm. choose between them if you're a boy. If you're a girl, you have Caden okay. Alinko, who's this boy human, and the same Asari, Liara, because oh. they mate like with their brains, but they have kids okay. without physical intimacy. <laughs> like if that makes sense. Whoa. Like they're I can't remember the exact <sighs> lore of it, but they can like make their own baby. It's just whose genetics they use to make it with. Interesting. So you have this basically like gender fluid kind of, I mean, she's clearly femme presenting and everything, but I guess yes. it's more like pansexual girl who can make babies with anyone person. And then like regular, like beefcake soldiers. Regular dude. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Chad from Chad from the pharmacy. Yeah. But that's the first game. The second game, your options expand to romance okay and there's like more aliens and there's girls and then they have like they have characters that can go with either the female or male shepherd and they have characters that will only go with male shepherd or only go with female shepherd some of them are gay some of them are bi some of them are heterosexual um it's so cool and like one of the characters in the first game who you can't have romance with you can't have romance with in the second two games and it's like your relationship evolved and he's like I have feelings Amazing. for you now and this is like so weird and I know like I'm an alien and you're a human I don't know if we can and you're like oh <laughs> Garrus <laughs> uh. <laughs> It's beautiful. Well, that's amazing. It's so cool. And uh, I haven't played Andromeda because it has notably had terrible problems. Um, I didn't have an Xbox that could hook up to the internet because our internet was like on a different floor of our house. So oh, interesting. I can't update any of my games or buy any DLC. So I'm playing only what comes in a disc. And so Andromeda oh. is supposedly unplayable without that. So I didn't even touch it because I don't want to ruin my life. But apparently in Andromeda, it's literally like you can date anyone. That's what people do. Wow. Like everyone's into you. That's really cool though. I'm glad that it's, it almost seems like it's like, wow, they did this in a game. And granted, it sounds like you said there's only really the option for the female protagonist to make a, make a, like a gay choice. Mm-hmm. Or well, that that makes one. it sound that, that makes it sound. One. I'm like saying this is a choice. That, let's be clear, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> for you to that option Choose is there for Choose a partner of the same sex, kind of. Yes, but that's not there for the male character in the first um, one. Yes, but in in the, in one. the later well, iterations, yes. Even that is like surprising to me, and I'm like, yeah. oh, cool that they let yeah. you have that option. Yeah. Um, that's so much because like a lot of times, fun for at least me in games that you can like role playing games where you, uh-huh. if you want, can really make it yourself. Um, it's fun to have those choices. And like, mm-hmm. I've always had those choices available to me. I'm a straight white guy who <laughs> like, so boom, it's all yep. the options. Almost all main characters are that. So it's not yep. hard to put myself in other people's shoes, um, mm-hmm. when they're my shoes. So mm-hmm. that's amazing. Um, it's really cool. you, I love that you love that. Like the relationships are such a big part. That's like such a testament to this game. Like, uh, just being able to, it's got some humanity to it if you're drawn, yeah. Yeah. I would think. That's that's so cool. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, you've talked about the customization, customization a little bit, mm-hmm. Bev. Um, how much can you customize? Um, and what like what did what have you done before when you've customized in this game? Um, I really I don't remember the character creation in the first one very well. But I think it was pretty detailed. It was at least 
Sims 2 status. Like you could, there were sliders, okay. I think. Um, nice. I don't remember fully. I know that you could change skin tones, hair, color, all that stuff. Okay. And I think there were like a bunch of different faces. The second one, I think went even further. There were more sliders, I should say. And like, mm. it was way more specific. Um, one thing, what did I do? Oh, I love when you can make dumb colored eyes and like <laughs> a fantasy novel I read growing up was uh, following this like girl who in like medieval ugh, fantasy. I'm it, it's my brand. <laughs> like I said, um, it's back. It's back. Uh, she's like a red haired girl with like purple eyes. So I think that's what I made. And I that's ended fun. up naming her after that character. But again, the name doesn't matter because everyone calls you Shepard. So. Oh, that's true. That's cool. It's just like what your save file is. uh, That's really fun. I love that you have the option to make Beverly Jean or this Mm -hmm. character with purple eyes. Yep. Uh, That's amazing. Um, And then, but here's the thing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you what happens, but at the start of Mass Effect 2, something crazy happens and you go through crazy plastic surgery to make up for it. So like, it's like make your character if you want to change it. And so I was like, (laughs) this is going to be a harder shepherd. She's been through some stuff and now like everyone's against her. So I gave her like a shaved head and like, I was like, (laughs) now she's like coming back with a vengeance. So I, I added like a whole like role playing aspect that isn't built in, but like my brain was like, now I'm going to like make choices that maybe aren't good. Maybe I'm going to be evil sometimes. <laughs> but that's, I love that. And that's like, what like is the magic of role playing? Whether I think you're doing again, as someone who barely has any D and D experience, D and D or something like this, where you can see your character and you see all the actions yeah. they take is to be able to like having your own stories is half the fun for mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked a lot about that on like breath of the wild, the breath of the wild podcast cool. was like, you can really make your own story for link. And I'm glad to hear you can do that with this. Yeah. Um, when we've talked a lot about, uh, and we're going to keep having opportunities to talk about what you love about the game specifically. Uh, I want to know a little bit about the context of when you played, I know mm-hmm. like you got it from Will. Um, <laughs> did you immediately sink time into it? Were you working and going home and playing it? Like what did, if you remember, what did it look like? I was working. I was like doing improv. Um, and just a couple of years ago, right? We're about to be a year. So I hadn't started my D&D podcast yet. I was probably, we were still on hiatus from my other podcast. I have two podcasts. It's fine. Um, this was in 2018. I looked up when Will and I had that exchange. I'm like, I'm coming to your house. (laughs) Like, I'll be there soon. So it was 2018. Special memory. And I was like, finally really feeling comfortable in my restaurant job. And, um, God, oh my God. I think I had just done mess hall. This is probably, so I had like kind of a crazy year. I, I did mess hall. I went to Israel and I went to my friend's wedding in England on like the same year. Whoa. Uh, it was very exciting. I got money from a lawsuit that nothing bad happened to me. It's just one of those lawsuits of like, you worked for an app, here's your money lawsuit. Interesting. And so I had like all this money. So I bought a guitar and a plane ticket to see my friend in England. So Aww. it was like a crazy year. <laughs> so I've, I'm like coming off of that. And, like, just trying to, like, work and make money and uh, do a bunch of creative stuff. And then this kind of, like, fell into my lap. And I was like, I'm so busy right now, but I've always wanted to do this. And I started playing it. And at first it was normal. 
it was like I play a couple hours here and there and then it was like okay I have to set aside at least four hours at minimum if I want to touch this game for a while because like I can't stop and like the quests are so good and the story's getting like deeper and I know who the bad guy is and no one believes you and it's this whole thing and you're like he's (laughs) right there you guys um oh it was so good I love and I remember there's like a quest you have to find all the this like creature and like um like around this like huge uh citadel thing that uh is beautiful like you remember in halo when you see the halo for the first time and Mm -hmm. it's that thing it's like that but times a hundred because there's also like congress is there and you're like having to go talk to congress on this like thing like that oh my god so like one of the quests is you have to find all these weird creatures and like press a next to all them and I remember texting my friend and him being like, can you come hang out? I'm like, no. And he played it before. I was like, I'm doing that Citadel quest where you have to touch all the bugs and I can't find the last one. And he was like, I actually know exactly what you're talking about. That's but, so funny. Uh, yeah. So I was sinking time for sure. It started to be like, a, I'm not watching any TV right now. Like all my free time is Mass Effect. I have to beat this. I have to kiss Caden. I have to get to that motion yep. and time. Um, it was so good. That's wonderful. Truly, for me too, it's like my optimal mode to be playing <laughs> games. You know, maybe it's not just like a four-hour burst. Truly, mm-hmm. maybe it's like, hey, Saturday and Sunday, I miraculously don't have work or anything going on. Uh, that's all I'm doing. Like, yep. you, you sit in the same room all day. You see light come up and light go away. Yep. Uh, that's so much fun. That's um, great. Uh, very special time. Uh what when it comes to the uh one thing i wanted to ask you about in this game uh-huh. was how do you do you like the rpg elements and getting to like customize your character and was there a tendency you had or something you like to do um i love getting to customize stuff it's funny i live with a uh, someone who does like special effects computer design and like 3d imaging so it's very funny to see what he likes and what i like because i like to like make people and like have pretty things that I can just like kind of like click around and he's like I want to do the weirdest thing I can and I'm like that's so much time and work I don't (laughs) not my thing um but yeah I love being able to make like fun people I do like when there's you can be like aliens and weird stuff which I think is is like the tendency in uh D&D and stuff is like to not be human uh so, like, that would be fun, like, if you could be one of these other races. But I also love, in this game in particular, it makes sense that you're the human because you end up kind of becoming a representative or a senator for humans in this world oh. where, like, the aliens have been ahead of us technology-wise. And so they're just letting us into, like, the alien, like, uh, United Nations type deal. And you're part of, like, you got to put the human race in a positive light. So, like, if you're evil, like, you might make the like political part of humans be like more tenuous which is like very cool um and real (laughs) yeah so i like that you're human in this because of that it like adds this whole cool aspect to it um so yeah i just like to make people i just as long as i can be a girl i'm happy (laughs) it Uh, just makes me so mad it shouldn't be like and and it shouldn't be like such a high bar for a game to have it's like no that's a low bar i know Uh, 
and did like, you, it, it is mostly the thing now. So that's good. Yeah. I love that. Now, as far as, uh, customizing like your, the way you played or like mm. the, like, isn't there customization as far as like, you could yes. be like a shooter or a, yes. like, how does, what did you like about that? You, it's nice. Cause it's, um, it like lets you do magic without calling it magic. Okay. I, I can't remember what they My call it. kind of magic. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> what they call it, but it, it's something about like, there are certain people with the kind of brain that can get this implant, which allows you to do like basically magic things, but cool. there's a science reason instead of magic. It's like a sci-fi, <laughs> sci-fi mage. Um, and like one of your characters is that, uh, Caden, the like boy love interest is that. And then like Ashley Williams is like your pure shooter. Um, mm. and then there's other people that are like more tactical, uh, who can do like tech stuff, like build robots and stuff. Um, so, like, I love that. Um, for me, though, I usually just follow the path of least resistance. And I'm usually, <laughs> yep, like, I know that. make it shooty, but also I can do magic if I need to. Yeah. I find it hard not to be, like, balanced in games like that. Like, mm-hmm. what we'll talk about later, Fable. Mm-hmm. I'm always just like, yeah, I do it all of the things okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because uh, in this run of Knights of the Republic, because I know this game so well now, I was like, I'm going to be, like, a mostly Force user. I'm, like, barely going to lightsaber anyone at all. Turns out it's very overpowered, and I could just sit there and press four buttons, and everyone's dead, which is very exciting. Makes you Amazing. feel strong. <laughs> Amazing. Hope, uh, glad you only Kill have the that sort of power. Very cool. There we are. And only want that power for someone in a game. That's great. Yes. Um, uh, I f- feel like we've gotten to talk about so much that you love about this game mm-hmm. and what was cool about when you played it. Is there anything else, Bev, that you want to share or like wrap up um, or like reiterate before we move on? Um, I I think this game and this series in particular does such an insane job of making you feel like the repercussions of a war and they deal with like mm. immigration and like how oh. these two like factions are fighting because of something like one did and refuses to apologize for. And like now it's just like grown out of proportion and it's, it's really impressive and beautiful. And as someone who's like very anti-military, my mom didn't let me wear camo when I was growing up because she thought it was oh, no way. <laughs> military, which in the 90s was like, Mom, you're stopping me from like really important fashion things that are happening. Um, yeah, we had two options, regular clothes or camo. So <laughs> that's half the options gone. But I, I also understand her decision now. Like it's <laughs> it's cool to like get to see this game, like question those things. It's like the same thing you get yeah. from Battlestar and Super Troopers. Is that the right one? Starship Troopers, not Super Troopers. Different. Starship Super Troopers. Troopers, different kind of movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's so good. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. I love hearing from you about like what's fun about the customization, the options that are available to you that aren't that common, um, and just like that feeling of like your decisions mattering. That's yeah. hard for games to do, so... Hats off to you, Mass Effect. Yeah. Uh, and thank you for sharing, Beth. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to a couple fun segments before we end cool. the show. All right. So we will start your first uh, post-show uh, segment. That is the Fact Me by Your Game segment. And this is just the segment, Beverly, where I basically say Easter eggs, development secrets, or fun facts about the game to our guest, cool. which is you. Um, so you may know some of these. I'm not sure, but the first one I'll share is um, that there's a funny, um, like, 
a non-player character that you can react or you can interact with on a planet called Onteram. I I don't know what this planet is, but they're called mm-hmm. shifty-looking cows. Do you know what these cows are? No. So there is like an area. First off, they don't look like cows. They look like like brown kangaroos. Um, <laughs> but they're like I saw. I was basically looking up, you know, Easter eggs and secrets. Uh-huh. And if you go to this planet. There are a few of these cows around. If you like turn around, they'll like slowly approach you. Uh-huh. And then if they get close enough, they can start stealing money from your character. So you steal, see like your money like being like minus 15 and it keeps counting down. So oh my gods. They're like these thieves. Um, I think I remember this. Just and but they're like when you look your character at them, their uh-huh. little icon says shifty looking cow. And I thought that was really funny. That's amazing. I remember going yeah. to this planet and like calling my roommate and I was like, look at this alien. It's such a cool design. <laughs> and then not doing anything. I was like, there's nothing I could do here. I don't understand why they're here, but it's because I could get robbed, which is there you great. go. <laughs> uh, too funny. Um, well, that was from uh, the YouTube channel gaming Easter eggs. And it was from episode one Oh two. Cool. Um, the next one I have is this is a, an Easter egg and this is an animal farm reference uh, in the game. So, uh, when you're on the planet Novaria, Captain Ventralis says he's got one rule, and his rule is you uh, two legs good, four legs bad, <laughs> which is just a reversal of the rules that the sheep have in George Orwell's Animal Farm. Cute. Uh, did you have to read that growing up in school? I didn't. Okay, we did read, read it. Uh, so I don't know. That's my favorite part of the show where I ask a guest if they read a book I read in school. Um, <laughs> not a real segment. <laughs> um, and then... The last one is, this is more of like a development fact, is that from the beginning, this series was planned as a trilogy, not cool. as like a one game and see how it goes. So um, this is from sci-fi, a sci-fi Amazing. interview with the dev team. Um, so I'll read the little blurb here is that Mass Effect was originally pitched as a trilogy and the development team visualized releasing the entire thing on the same iteration of a console. So like the Xbox 360 yeah, or... Cool. Yeah, and then um, this came off the kneel, the heels of Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, and this was like in an interview from a co-founder of Bioware named Greg Zeshuk. But um, so yeah, it's been planned as a trilogy from the beginning. So that's cool. Um, that makes a yeah, lot of cool. sense because while the first one is a complete story, there's mm-hmm. sort of a bigger bad that you find out about, and it's not even okay. like a we'll find out next time. It's like a God, I hope that's okay like i hope that's not they're not going to show up soon but anyway we finished and you're like um what (laughs) yeah really and they don't show up till the third the third game dang yeah that's yeah i think if you were making one game you would have seen that person oh that's so funny uh well very cool that wraps up our fact me by your game segment we'll move on to the last one which is the game recommendation segment so uh i do this uh, sec- uh, this segment because it's my one forced tie-in to the movie uh, Call Me By Your Name. So okay. all of these recommendations, Bev, will be based on like you having a relationship with Mass Effect and like what you, who you date after that or what game you cool. play after that. Cool. Because, you know, at the end of the movie, the characters, you know, go their separate ways. And I was wondering like, who did they date next? Was it someone mm-hmm. exactly like the person they were just mm-hmm. with? Wildly different. So that's what this is about. Um, the first one is if the thing you loved about the game was that it was a big action RPG, but Mm -hmm. you want a change of scenery, not space, but fantasy, 
You actually referenced this series earlier, and that is Dragon Age Inquisition. Yes. From 2014. So uh, have you you said you've dabbled in this too? So that's hilarious. That's the one I've dabbled in. <laughs> oh, no way. So I it's been quarantine and like I had a bunch of time for games and like yeah. the first month I was flipping through this because I have a booklet of games that someone gave me that I didn't purchase. So I don't know what's in there. And so I'm just like flipping through it and like trying to figure out what I'm going to play. And I pulled out Dragon Age Inquisition. It was like, oh, I've never played this series. I know it's Bioware. It's going to be so cool. And I put it in and I got really into it. Ooh, <laughs> it I love took it. over my life for a little <laughs> while. I finally cooled off and like it's it's been in my I'm like maybe two thirds of the way through. It's hard to tell. Wow. But it's amazing. And they've, like, improved upon all of their, like, romance stuff as far as, like, who you can date. There's a trans male character in there that they talk about being trans male and, like, that it's not weird for this one race to, like, be friends with them. They have, like, that conversation in the open. It's so cool. (laughs) Like, it makes me so happy and, like, proud of Bioware. Yeah, geez. My only... Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, it feels like the opposite of what you would expect from like games. Like we were even yeah. talking about, there's a part in Breath of the Wild where I don't know if you've played this game, but you go to the desert area where the Gerudo tribe live and like someone makes a huge deal about how like, oh, I thought you were a woman, but you're a man. And they make like a huge deal out of it. It's like, oh, that's a little, that might be like transphobic a little bit. So I just saw Oscar post that screenshot and be like, I feel so weird about this part. Or, he's, yeah. or they said, I like, I have, I have a lot of feelings about this part in this game. And yeah, I didn't know what it was, but I was like, interesting. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> so anyway, I'm just happy to hear that yeah. like that, it, that there's goodness out there and, yeah. and people that are progressive about that. It's great. What was crazy is like it, cause I saw that character and I was like, that looks, and the voice actor sounds like this is a trans male character and I just assumed that it would never be talked about. But it, it, there's literally like dialogue built in that's like, oh, yeah, Krem like is a man like we as this race would never question that. Like that doesn't make any sense that anyone would. And I was like, yes, <laughs> you guys. Wow. Yes. Preach. Um, oh, that's amazing. Well, hey. Match made in heaven, I think, for you in, in Dragon know. Age Inquisition. Oh, I was going to um, say, my one caveat yeah. was, <clears throat> I didn't know this, but it's like, I think, the fourth or fifth iteration in the Dragon Age series. So all these characters keep appearing that I think are supposed to have some sort of significance to me emotionally, and they don't. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's weird that this character has like a very different character design <laughs> than everyone else in this area and is now part of my team. But like I've Googled it and I'm like, oh, they showed up in Dragon Age 2 or whatever. Okay. So there's a lot of references I'm missing, but it's still very fun. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hey, there there you go. You know, you know, you might be in a relationship and you don't get the person's references. So that's our our equalizer here. The game's a lot Um, older than I am. (laughs) There there call me by your name. (laughs) Too much uh too much uh 60s talk i don't know what old people talk about (laughs) um the second rec that i have for you is that if you just if you would like to go back to like an older action rpg there's a cyberpunk fantasy rpg that was on the super nintendo called shadow run um totally recommend looking this up it's more of like a you've got like a isometric view and you're kind of looking down and angled at the screen as it moves and 
is a really popular sort of like a hidden gem on the Super Nintendo. So if, maybe if you could emulate it somehow. I think there's yeah. a tabletop RPG of the there same is. name. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Same same uh, franchise. So cool. So that's like an older one if you wanted to check it out. And then I'm excited. And then if so, this game is the prequel to Mass Effect Two, which is from what I've seen kind of considered the best game in the series. Yeah. Do you have an opinion on that? I think Mass Effect's 2 storyline gets too convoluted. And I think Mass Effect 3 makes a war and war crimes weigh on your soul in a crazy way. And that makes me like Mass Effect 3 a little bit more. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mass Effect um, 2 is like your bad boy years. And then Mass oh, Effect 3 is like, it's time to be responsible. <laughs> that's so fun. What a great comparison. Well, let's say, you know, you were wanting what came before the bad boy years. Mm-hmm. Like this is, you know, the prequel to the game that a lot of people say topped it. So I was trying to think, what's another space prequel uh, to that you might like that is a little less than it's the game that followed it? And if we talked about this game too. That's Halo Combat Evolved. So there you go, oh, Ben. Cool. I gotta play it. I haven't played any Halo campaigns. I've seen most of Halo 2. Like, watch my brother play it. We own Halo 3 and Halo 4. My roommate and I are between games and trying to figure out what we're gonna play next. Ooh. Um, so maybe I, I gotta get into the Halo campaign. It's fun. I The multiplayer is where it's at, but the, I, know. I do like the campaign. I've played through mm. the first four. Um, but that brings us How to the end four? of the- Four is yeah. I loved it. I also know that I'm someone who, while I'm experiencing something, can't determine if it's good or bad sometimes as far yeah, as the I get quality. That. I think people have issue that it was like a departure from the series and just operated more like a way more similar to like a Call of Duty than had before. Copy. I loved it and had a great time with it. So cool. I'm not the best person to ask. Um, cool. But... That brings us to the end of the game recommendation segment. And Bev, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, so before you plug and please plug as much and whatever you want, and then I'll follow you up and close. Thank cool. you so much for doing this. Thanks this for having really me. This was really fun. Of course. Uh, this was a blast. This like makes me want to play this game even more. It was really fun to hear from you. And hey, the, the listener, guess what? We're going to be doing another show in like 40 minutes. So <laughs> we're... We're going to keep getting to Get chat. Ready. So, yeah, but thank you so much, Bev. I appreciate yeah, you coming on the show. Absolutely. It was so much awesome. fun. Uh, what would you like to plug? Where can we find you? What should we be listening to? What's the stuff? Uh, I have a podcast. It's a D&D actual play called 1P D&D. I play the character and my DM plays everyone else. Uh, you can find that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and everywhere you find podcasts. It's very fun. You can also follow us uh, on Instagram at 1PDND. You can also follow me at Sincerely Beverly with two E's at the end. And oh, I also have a Shakespeare podcast called Shaky Understanding that I will finish Ooh. one day. We're almost, we've almost done every play. We've been on a long hiatus, but I'm hoping to finish it in the next year or two. We have four plays left, I think. Maybe oh, six. Wow. Yeah. I've read every Shakespeare play at this point. So are you Uh, reading them together? What are you doing? The concept of it is my best friend co-host, Allison Powell, has uh, didn't like Shakespeare before and like hadn't read a lot. And I'm an expert. And we have a uh, guest come on to be a character from the play. So it's like us talking about Othello with Iago in the room, stuff like that. That's very fun. It's really fun. Awesome. Uh, 
Was Probably that a lot of your plugs? guests would know. Like a lot of UCB type folks are the guests. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> so so some speak. crossover. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's I all my plugs. That. Okay. Well, hey, thank you again. I uh, can't wait to record another show with you in 40 minutes. Yep. Um, <laughs> this show is uh, produced by the great Jeremy Schmidt. You can follow him on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime, on Instagram at Scaremy Schmidt. Uh, you can, great name, right? Um, what a monster. You, I hate it. <laughs> right. And it's weird. He's got two different ones for, I would say, go with Ocarina of Crime. Dude, uh, so good. You can also listen to his show, the sister show to this one, Video Games a comedy show, more of a roundtable style podcast. Uh, if you like this show, you want to support it. If you would like to get a monthly group co-op discussion episode about a big iconic game, one that was influential, um, that's a part of our, uh, that's a part of our Patreon. So check it out at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. We have tons of other stuff to offer you there. And then you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Connor underscore McCabe. And I also sometimes stream on Twitch. Uh, and actually, uh, what am I saying? I've, uh, every week on Thursday, because Bev, we used to do a, like, um, a video companion to this show where I would sit down with the guest when we record in person, they'd play like the game for a little bit. And then, so we'd have that, which was fun. Now we don't get to do that. So I've been streaming them retroactively. So someday Cool. I'll stream Mass Effect. Yes. Uh, so yeah, check out my Twitter schedule at con at Twitter. Excuse me, twitch.tv slash cons is cool sixty nine, and you'll see all the streams we've got going on for this show and others. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>